That F-35 story is getting weirder and weirder. And we're going to tell you about it. A 911 call coming up. Uh, Fetterman the slob and more proof that he really is a slob. And Canada's Nazi. All that and a lot more. Welcome into the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. <laughs> Not much you can do about it. It rolls along every seven days. Thanks for uh, popping in tonight. We are in the live chat also, so if you want to put something in over there, feel free. We'll see it. We'll respond. You want to promote something, whatever it is, just feel free. Drop it in the live chat. Long as it's clean and uh, we're good to go. All right. We got lots coming up tonight, including we'll continue with our brand new book, Lord of the Flies. We will have that for you. And right now, though, we want to take just a little quick minute of time to tell you about one of our sponsors. That would be Blackout Coffee, founded on the principles of conservative values. And yes, even Dan Bongino has his own blend over there. The founders believe in the importance of hard work, family values, personal responsibility, respect, traditional American values, the fresh, best roasted coffee, and it is unbelievable. I will never go back to another brand of coffee. Folks, dump that crap, brown water, liberal garbage coffee you've been drinking. Get yourself a bag of blackout coffee. These are specialty grade green coffee beans grown at the perfect altitude, correct time of year, best soil, right temperature, harvested at just the right time. And then they use a small batch roasting process, which means when you place an order, usually 24 to 48 hours, they are roasting your beans, packing it up, sending it out to you. So another few days for shipping and you've got a fresh roasted bag of the best coffee ever. You know, it's enough to, it's not enough to be a company like this that supports American values, conservative values. You got to have a good product. These guys have a good product, unbelievable coffee. And hey, if you're not a big coffee fan, they've got flavored cocos, they've got flavored teas over there. Check it out. Go to the website, use the link in our show notes, and check out all the different products, including some amazing cocos and teas. And also, of course, Blackout Coffee helps to support our troops. So can you. When you check out at Blackout Coffee, use our promo code for 20% off. J20, J-A-Y-20 is our promo code. And if you use that when you check out, you will get an amazing 20% off. You don't have to go and spend a whole fortune. Just buy a single bag of beans if you want. Try them out. Give them a test run. You will be amazed and you'll come back. J20 is our promo code at checkout for Blackout Coffee. And thank you, Blackout Coffee, for helping to sponsor the show. We really do appreciate that. All right. You know, back when it happened... I said something smells about this whole F-35 thing. It just didn't make any sense to me. The 911 call has been released, which involved the pilot forced to eject from that F-35 jet. In the 911 audio, which I'll play for you in a minute, the pilot can be heard explaining what happened. Now. Apparently, imagine this. You're sitting there having your morning coffee, right? 
Mmm, blackout coffee. And there's a knock at the door. Excuse me. And there stands a United States Marine F-35 pilot who's just ejected 2,000 feet above the ground. <laughs> anyway, whoever it was, who's ever housed this, you know, they don't have rescue, search and rescue teams that are like immediately zoomed in to try and rescue the pilot. The pilot winds up having to walk to a neighborhood house and have them call 911. What the hell? Listen to this. I, I gotta believe this is true. This is weird. 911, what's the address of the emergency? Okay, tell me exactly what happened. I guess we got a pilot at our house and he says he got ejected. So he ejected from the plane. So yeah. we just see if we could get some ambulance, please. I'm sorry, what happened? Uh, we got a pilot in the house and I guess he landed in my backyard and we we're trying to see if we could get a, um, Ambulance to the house, please. Okay. So, like, how? Okay. Um, what is the phone number that you're calling from? She's so confused. Okay. Uh, we're getting help on the way. I. I give me just a moment. Yeah, no problem. That's the pilot in the background. And the dispatcher is so confused. Okay. Are you with the patient now? Yes. Okay, how old is the patient? We, so, so we have a military jet crash. I'm the pilot. We need to get uh, rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash landed somewhere. I ejected. Okay, how far did he fall? I was at 2,000 feet. Okay, and what caused the fall? Uh, an aircraft failure. Okay, is there any serious bleeding? I, I don't know. I can't see myself. No, I'm fine. Okay, this just goes on and on like that. The dispatcher obviously has never received a call from a downed F-35 Marine pilot before. The pilot's like, look, dude, just get search and rescue here now. And the dispatcher is like, well, uh, you know, she's reading through the list of all the questions she's got to ask, no matter what the situation is. And this one is unique. But, you know, again, it's it's just it's the situation. Wherever you might. OK, maybe he landed somewhere when he shooted, he ejected, shooted down in this guy's backyard or something. I don't know. Maybe it was the quickest way to get help. But you got to tell me that the Marines don't have some immediate response, search and rescue flights, choppers, whatever, that are taken off like a bat out of hell to go not only to find the pilot, but to find the plane. There is the link to that 911 calls in our uh, show notes tonight. There's just, I don't know, it stinks, basically. Like I said, something is not right with this whole thing. You tell me. Tell me in the chat. Yeah. All right. PJ Media, migrants, migrants everywhere. And man, are they causing trouble. There is a new report out that says migrants 
are responsible for 70%, 70% of violent crimes in France in the last year. Wow. Look at that. And you see all the women and children? Oh, wait, nope, there isn't one. This week in Diversity is Our Greatest Strength, a new report from the Statistics Bureau serving the French Ministry of the Interior concluded that nigh on 70% of violent crimes in Paris, the metropolitan uh, met metropolis Paris area, were committed by non-French perpetrators last year. 69% of violent robberies, other violent crimes, including sexual assaults on public transport in the greater Paris region, committed by foreign nationals. Looking closer at the data, Africans alone responsible for 52% of such crimes, while only representing 3.2% of the population of France. 3.2% of the population responsible for 52% of the violent crimes. Doing some quick math using the data, African migrants committed 52% of violent crimes and statistically overrepresented by a factor of 16. Wow. French expats scattered throughout the world say they swear to God they will never move back to France, in particular Paris, which is no longer Paris on the sole account of the out-of-control crime, not just of a violent nature, but property crime, too. Unbelievable. Look at this. Second largest shopping mall in Paris, now under the control of the new French-African Islamic Caliphate. It's a mess. It is an absolute mess. Now, I know that's France, but trust me, have you seen our southern border lately? It's not going to be long, and it's going to smack you right in the face. What, are you doing? what did you do about it today? Nothing yet? Pick up the phone. Write an email. Take small bites. Do something. Get your friends to do something. Hopefully, in a little more than a year, we all will be headed to the polls and we will do a big something. And the way the numbers are going right now, looking pretty good. PJ Media story, breaking new poll, shows Trump is crushing Biden by double digits. This has been all over the news. Democrats don't know what to do. Oh, to be a fly on the wall in the White House today. Joe Biden's viability in the upcoming presidential election been in doubt for a few years now, but this new poll from the Washington Post and ABC News shows the election may not be as close as some people have thought. Joe Biden may be headed for an embarrassing landslide defeat. We can only pray. 
According to the new poll released uh, yesterday, if the 2024 presidential election were held today, and boy, it should be, Trump would defeat Biden 52 to 42 percent, 10 point lead, mainly because of Biden's crap ass handling of the economy, the border crisis, physical and mental health problems the guy obviously has. Unbelievable. Biden struggling to gain approval from a very skeptical audience. Good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Hey, I heard a rumor that um, they're thinking, what is, what is it? How did it work? Carmela McCarthy's out. Carmela gets demoted from vice president, moved to the Senate, and then they bring Gavin Newsom in as the new vice president. And then, of course, Biden quits, and Newsom becomes, oh, please, please, dear God, no. You, you do, you, what, you don't think things could get worse? Oh, trust me, they can get worse in a New York minute. A New York minute. Hey, did you get your booster shot? I hope not. Stay away from the clot shot, please. They're making a killing, and I use that word on purpose. Americans are... It's like the title I gave this. Just how freaking stupid can you be? Americans are shelling out up to $190 for COVID boosters. Not kidding. Check out the story in our show notes. Can you imagine being so neck deep in this whole corporate state media propaganda bullshit that you are actually willing to pay up to 190 bucks for the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 10th, 15th shot? I mean, who even keeps track anymore? This is what years of COVID terror dispensed through the media has done to these people's minds. They people are a collective, living, breathing meme of themselves. At least for now, they're breathing. Look at this. Raise your hand if you paid more than $0 for your COVID vaccine. Literally no one? Okay. If you paid more than $0 for your COVID booster? Oh, literally no one. Mm. The rollout of the new COVID vaccine in the U.S. off to a bumpy start. Some patients reporting delays in health insurance coverage. Private insurance plans, government payers like Medicare required to cover the new jabs from Pfizer and Moderna, which has become available late last week. Regulators recommended all Americans age six months and above. Oh, please, no. That they get their new round of vaccines. Please don't. Please don't. Read up on it first. Make an informed decision. Don't even rely on your doctor because the chances are he's getting paid off to or she. Do your own research. Some patients have been charged between $125 and $190 at pharmacies for this death shot. Don't do it. 
Rumble, Rumble. Hey, we're live on Rumble right now, you know. That's the only place we are. We're exclusive on Rumble. I got a small little show here. We got a loyal but de dedicated audience of a few hundred or so people. A hundred or two or three show up every show after, even after we're live and watch. And thank you for that. Really do appreciate it. While you're here, please hit that follow button right there. Helps the show out a lot. It's free for you to do. Well, Rumble has really been doing it lately and they've been in the news a lot and they have been standing their ground and that is exactly the reason why i am here why i pulled this show off of youtube and twitch and facebook and wherever the hell else i used to be exclusively now only on rumble some companies have been pulling their advertising from rumble Best known, perhaps, of which is um, Burger King. What is that natural, fresh? It's in this in this article. Uh, all of this because of Rumble's stand on Russell Brand, who has not been arrested, who has not even been accused, other than ridiculous public news articles from anonymous sources. And yet, while other... YouTube has demonetized him. Other places have banned him. Rumble said, nope, not going to happen here. The online free speech war found a new battlefield. Rumble's at the center of the battle. Numerous companies, ah, here we go. Burger King, this is a list of people we can bud light, okay? Do not do business with these companies. Burger King, ASOS, The Barbican, uh, Hello Fresh, all have withdrawn their ads from this platform. Well, you know what? Screw you. We don't need you. Goodbye. And you can say goodbye to our business, too, because we won't be eating your food or using any of your services ever again. A group called the News Movement, who say they help people fight misinformation, contacted companies pointing out their adverts were being shown on Russell Brand's channel. Groups said they've also contacted other brands, including Ralph Lauren, eBay, Hilton Hotels, who did not respond to their request for comment. You see these, these little nitpicky leftist commie bastards who just have nothing better to do all day and sit around and cause unneeded, unnecessary, unrighteous trouble. The media parliamentary pressure on Rumble triggered by allegations of a rape and sexual assault towards Russell Brand. He's got uh, 1.4 million on Rumble, about 6 million over on YouTube. And yeah, YouTube completely deplatformed him. Here on Rumble, absolutely not, because we don't do things that way. This is a free speech platform and it will remain a free speech platform and that is exactly why people like this show continue. There's a lot of us here. Matt Walsh, The Mud Club, Dan Bongino. Dan, by the way, comes up at 11 o'clock this morning. He's got a hell of a show today. So make sure when you're done with our show here, The Jay Sheldon Show, you click on over to Dan's channel and check it out. Today's show is going to be a kick-ass program. Dan Bongino Show coming up at 11 check that out. And thank you for sticking with us here on Rumble. It means the world to me. It really, really does. 
We are going to have to keep fighting. This isn't going to stop. They're not going to give up. And you know what? We're not giving up either. All right, the post-millennial, Trudeau and Zelensky and most of the rest of the Canadian Parliament, a big seal clap round of applause, yay, for a World War II Nazi. Not someone who, no, an absolute Nazi served in the Waffen-SS. There he is. There's old Trudeau and Zelensky. Yay! So pleased. Parliament of Canada provided a loud all-party standing ovation Friday to Yaroslav Hunka, 98-year-old, who served with the Nazi Waffen-SS, that should be Waffen, I guess, during the Second World War. Unbelievable. I'm not even going to play this because it's absolute bullshit. He was a soldier with the 14th Galicia Division of the Waffen-SS, military section of the Nazi-SS, responsible for elements of terror from massive extermination camps, daily torture and repression of citizens within occupied Europe. The International Military Tribunal that oversaw the Nuremberg War Crimes Trials declared the SS to be, of course, a criminal organization. This guy apparently wound up in Canada and at a joint session of Parliament, they all gave this Nazi a big, cheerful round of applause. You know how I say get out of California, get out of New York, get out of blue states, get out of Canada. What do you think I'm kidding? When it turns bad there, it's going to turn bad. Well, looky here, the criminal's back in the news. She just, she never met a camera she didn't like. And unbelievably, people are still listening to this witch. Hillary Clinton will not leave the stage. Ponders Trump's psyche. Obsesses over Russia. 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 The guest who wouldn't leave, or at least the guest who was never invited... Former First Lady hitting the airwaves again to whine about her 2016 presidential election loss to Trump and to continue her efforts to convince the world that he is the greatest danger to the planet since the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaur 60 million years ago. She doesn't believe his claim that if he's convicted of any crimes, he wouldn't pardon himself if he wins in 2024. She says... I don't believe him on anything. Why would I start believing him on that? This was an interview with uh, MSNBC Inside with Jen Psaki. Anyway, read the article. She just continues. She says there's no proof that Biden did anything wrong. Maybe you just haven't opened a newspaper or a website lately. It's incredible.
Why, why do people continue to listen to anything this idiot says? And speaking of idiots, boy, there's a nice tie-in, huh? <laughs> this is unbelievable. You know the whole thing with Fetterman lately? The slob senator who can't understand anything anyone says? The senator who they have relaxed the rules of dress code on the Senate floor in order to accommodate this bumbling moron? I love this. It's from the New York Post. Check this out. The Post tried eating at one of New York City's finest restaurants. The catch is they went in dressed exactly like John Fetterman. And guess what happened? <laughs> Take a look at this. Oh, you don't allow shorts. Oh, that's okay. Is there a dress code here? So there's no possible way I can eat inside at all. No way of getting around the dress code. Are you open right now? We are open. All right, do you have space for two? We don't permit shorts. Shorts, same. You have a dress code? Yes. Would my sweatshirt be okay? No. No, you don't permit that. So nothing I'm wearing is okay? Yeah, because athletic wear and shorts. Athletic wear and shorts. And if you just... If I sat in here and just crazy, you wouldn't allow it? Correct. Have you ever allowed anyone with athletic wear and shorts in? There's a United States senator that dresses like this. Yes, um, but he would not be permitted. He would not be permitted here. Correct. You know what you know I'm talking about, John. No, I don't, but we've turned okay. away guests. You've turned away. Being improperly dressed, regardless of their occupation. So, a United States senator who looked like he couldn't get in. So, so, a United States senator who looks like that couldn't get in. But he can speak on the floor of the United States Senate. That's some high-class New Yorker. In fact, you know what? You don't even need to be a high-class New York restaurant. A lot of restaurants that have a respectable dress code, or if you even have an ounce of respect yourself, you wouldn't go out to dinner, a decent sit-down dinner, dressed like a complete freaking slob, which is exactly what he dresses like. And they just keep letting him get away with it. Isn't that nice? All right. <clears throat> Do not forget, please, to check out our sponsors from NordVPN, Skillshare, Learn a New Skill Online, Blackout Coffee, of course, the amazing coffee company made by Americans for Americans, best coffee you'll ever had. Also, cocoa and uh, teas over there, too, at Blackout Coffee. You can also check out the Jay Sheldon Show merchandise, like this coffee mug. We've got t-shirts, hoodies. Matter of fact, where is that page? There you go. Uh, t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of cool things and all kinds of cool. Oh, look, there's a tank top. I love it in black. Isn't that nice? Although that teal is nice too. Yeah, it's kind of cool. There's our mug and hoodies. Hey, you could be Fetterman with it. I want to see Fetterman wear that hoodie. 
Come on, John, pick one up. They're cheap. <laughs> Front and back. There's our baseball jersey. Very cool. Check out the Jay Sheldon Show merchandise if you want to help to support the show and order something, would you? All right. Let's move on to Lord of the Flies. We read books on this show. Been doing that 450 over shows now. Uh, we've done mostly children's classic literature. Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, White Fang. And then one of our viewers suggested we do George Orwell's 1984 because we're living in it. So we read that book. Now we moved on to Animal Farm because we loved George Orwell so much. Just finished that. And now beginning last Friday, we started Lord of the Flies from uh, William Goldberg. Uh, first published back in, when was it? 1954. William Golding, sorry. I wonder if William Golding is in relation to Henry Golding. Probably not. Anyway, so we are reading Lord of the Flies. We've just begun, cracked open the first chapter, and we will continue with that now. Piggy was looking determined, began to take off his shorts. Presently, he was pale and fatly naked. He tiptoed down the sandy side of the pool and sat there up to his neck in the water, smiling proudly at Ralph. Aren't you going to swim? Piggy shook his head. I can't swim. I wasn't allowed. My asthma sucks to your ass, Mar. Piggy bore this with a sort of humble patience. You can't half swim well. Ralph paddled backwards down the slope, immersed his mouth, and blew a jet of water in the air. He then lifted his chin and spoke. <clears throat> I could swim when I was five, Daddy taught me. He's a commander in the Navy, you know. When he gets leave, he'll come rescue us. What's your father? Piggy flushed suddenly. My dad's dead, he said quickly. And my mum, he took off his glasses and looked vainly for something with which to clean them. I used to live with my auntie. She kept a candy store. I, I used to get ever so many candies, many as I liked. When will your dad rescue us? As soon as he can. Piggy rose, dripping water, and stood naked, clearing his glasses with a sock. The only sound that reached them now through the heat of the morning was the long, grinding roar of the breakers on the reef. How does he know we're here? Ralph lolled in the water. Sleep enveloped him like the swathing mirages that were wrestling with the brilliance of the lagoon. Oops, sorry. How does he know we're here? Because, thought Ralph, because, because the roar from the reef became very distant. They'll tell him at the airport. Piggy shook his head, put on his flashing glasses, and looked down at Ralph. Not them. Didn't you hear what the pilot said about the atom bomb? They're all dead. Ralph pulled himself out of the water and stood facing Piggy, considered this unusual problem. Piggy persisted. This is an island, isn't it? I climbed a rock, said Ralph slowly, and 
I think this is an island. They're all dead, said Piggy. And this is an island. Nobody don't know we're here. Your dad don't know. Nobody don't know. His lips quivered and spectacles were dimmed with mist. We may stay here till we die. With that word, the heat seemed to increase till it became a threatening weight, and the lagoon attacked them with a blinding effulgence. Get my clothes, muttered Ralph, along there. He trotted through the sand, enduring the sun's enmity, crossing the platform and found his scattered clothes. To put on a gray shirt once more was strangely pleasing. And then he climbed the edge of the platform, sat in the green shade on a convenient trunk. Piggy hauled himself up, carrying most of his clothes under his arms, and then he sat carefully on a fallen trunk near the little cliff that fronted the lagoon, and the tangled reflections quivered over him. Presently, he spoke. We gotta find the others. We gotta do something. Ralph said nothing. Here was a coral island, protected from the sun, ignoring Piggy's ill-omened talk. He dreamed pleasantly. Piggy insisted. How many of us are there? Ralph came forward and stood by Piggy. I don't know. Here and there little breezes crept over the polished waters beneath the haze of the heat. When these breezes reached the platform, the palm fronds would whisper so that spots of blurred sunlight slid over their bodies or moved like bright winged things in the shade. Piggy looked up at Ralph. All the shadows on Ralph's face were reversed, green above right below from the lagoon. A blur of sunlight was crawling across his hair. We've got to do something. Ralph looked through him. Here at last was the imagined but never fully realized place leaping into real life. Ralph's lips parted in a delighted smile. And Piggy, taking this smile to himself as a mark of recognition, laughed with pleasure. If it really is an island, what's that? Ralph had stopped smiling, was pointing into the lagoon. Something creamy lay among the ferny weeds. A stone. No, a shell. Suddenly, Piggy was a bubble with decorous excitement. Straight, it's a shell. I've seen one like that before, on someone's back wall, a, a conch, he called it. He used to blow it, and then his mom would come. It's, it's ever so valuable. Near to Ralph's elbow, a palm sapling leaned out over the lagoon. Indeed, the weight was already pulling a lump from the poor soil, and soon it would fall. He tore out the stem and began to poke around in the water. While the brilliant flish, a fish flicked away on this side and that, Piggy leaned dangerously. 
Careful, you'll break it. Shut up. Ralph spoke absently. The shell was interesting, pretty, a worthy plaything. But the vivid phantoms of his daydream still interposed between him and Piggy, who, in this context, was an irrelevance. The palm sapling, bending, pushed the shell across the weeds. Ralph used one hand as a fulcrum and pressed down with the other till the shell rose, dripping, and Piggy could make a grab. Now the shell was no longer a thing seen, but not to be touched. Ralph, too, became excited. Piggy babbled, a, a conch, ever so expensive. I'll bet if you wanted to buy one, you'd have to pay pounds and pounds and pounds. He had it on his golden wall. And my auntie, Ralph took the shell from Piggy and a little water ran down his arm. In color, the shell was deep cream, touched here and there with fading pink. Between the point worn away into a little hole and the pink lips of the mouth lay 18 inches of shell with a slight spiral twist and covered with a delicate embossed pattern. Ralph shook the sand out of the deep tube. Mood like a cow, he said. He had some white stones too and, and a birdcage with a green parrot. He didn't blow the white stones, of course. And, and he said, Piggy paused for breath, stroked the glistening thing that lay in Ralph's hands. Ralph, Ralph looked up. We can use this to call the others, have a meeting. They'll come when they hear us. He beamed up at Ralph. That was what you meant, didn't you? That's why you got the conch out of the water. Ralph pushed back his fair hair. How did your friend blow the conch? Well, he kind of spat, said Piggy. My auntie wouldn't let me blow on account of my asthma. He said, you blow from down here. Piggy laid a hand on his jutting abdomen. You, you try, Ralph. You, you, call the others. Doubtfully, Ralph laid the small end of the shell against his mouth and blew. There came a rushing sound from his mouth, but nothing more. Ralph wiped the salt water from his lips and tried again, but the shell remained silent. He kind of spat. Ralph pursed his lips, squirted air into the shell, which emitted a low farting noise. This amused both boys so much that Ralph went on squirting for some minutes, in between bouts of laughter. He blew from down there. Ralph grasped the idea, hit the shell with air from his diaphragm. Immediately, the thing sounded. A deep, harsh note boomed under the palms, spread through the intricacies of the forest and echoed back from the pink granite of the mountains. Clouds of birds rose from the treetops, and something squealed and ran in the undergrowth. Ralph took the shell away from his lips. Gosh! His ordinary voice sounded like a whisper after the harsh note of the conch. 
He laid the conch against his lips, took a deep breath, and blew once more. The note boomed again, and then, at his firmer pressure, the note, fluking up an octave, became a strident blare more penetrating than before. Piggy was shouting something, but his face pleased, glasses flashing. The birds cried, small animals scattered. Ralph's breath failed. The note dropped the octave, became a low dubber, was a rush of air. The conch was silent, a gleaming tusk. Ralph's face was dark with breathlessness, and the air over the island was full of bird clamor and echoes ringing. I'll bet you can hear that for miles. Ralph found his breath and blew a series of short blasts. Piggy exclaimed, There's one! A child had appeared among the pines. About a hundred yards along the beach, he was a boy of perhaps six years, sturdy, fair, his clothes torn, his face covered with a sticky mess of fruit. His trousers had been lowered for an obvious purpose and had only been pulled back halfway. He jumped off the palm terrace into the sand and his trousers fell about his ankles. He stepped out of them and trotted to the platform. Piggy helped him up. Meanwhile, Ralph continued to blow till voices shouted in the forest. The small boy squatted in front of Ralph, looking up brightly and vertically. As he received the reassurance of something purposeful being done, he began to look satisfied. And his only clean digit, pink thumb, slid into his mouth. Piggy leaned down to him. What's your name? Johnny. Piggy muttered the name to himself and then shouted it to Ralph, who wasn't interested because he was still blowing. His face was dark with the violent pleasure of making this stupendous noise, and his heart was making the stretched shirt shake. The shouting in the forest was nearer. Signs of life were visible now on the beach. The sand trembling beneath the heat haze concealed many figures in its miles of length. Boys were making their way toward the platform through the hot, dumb sand. Three small children, no older than Johnny, appeared from startlingly close at hand, where they'd been gorging fruit in the forest. A dark little boy, not much younger than Piggy, parted a tangle of over undergrowth, walked onto the platform, and smiled cheerfully at everybody. More and more of them came. Taking their cue from the innocent Johnny, they sat down on the fallen palm trunks and waited. Ralph continued to blow short, penetrating blasts. Piggy moved among the crowd, asking names and frowning to remember them. The children gave him the same simple obedience they'd been given to the men with the megaphones. Some were naked, carrying their clothes, others half-naked or more or less dressed in school uniforms, gray, blue, fawn, jacketed, or jerseyed, 
There were badges, mottos even, stripes of color and stockings and pullovers. Their heads clustered above the trunks in the green shade. Heads brown, fair, black, chestnut, sandy, mouse-colored. Heads muttering, whispering. Heads full of eyes that watched Ralph and speculated. Something was being done. And that's where we'll end it for tonight. We'll pick up this uh, chapter one coming up. We'll probably read through chapter one, get a bit of chapter two in uh, tomorrow night on the show. All right, that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for popping by. Really do appreciate it. Please, if you just have a second, hit that follow button right down there. Easy to do. It's free, and it really helps the show out a lot. Really do appreciate that. Dan Bongino coming up next, and this is going to be a big show today. It's 11 o'clock. Go check out the Dan Bongino Show here on Rumble. I will see you all again tomorrow. Snort. <laughs>